Brian has passionately pursued God in the ministry that he has been called to. Kara also received salvation in the baptism of the Holy Spirit during high school. I did not know that. Uh, she came from a family that was uh, Catholic and atheist, and, and God did a miraculous work in her life. And Brian and Kara graduated from Rama Bible College in 2000 and 2001. Who graduated first? Yeah, of course she did. <laughs> and are licensed with Rama Ministerial Association International. Since then, God has led them on a journey of ministry by allowing them to serve in every, every area, including but not limited to children's pastors, ministry of helps, pastoring a church for four years in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Huh? It was a redneck Riviera, and now into missions for the past 10 years. In the spring of 2011, God began speaking to their hearts that now is the time, this is confirmation for Brian and Kara, that it was time to step out into world's, world missions, the, the ministry that God had shown both of them from the time that he had first called them to ministry. They ministered in England for five years, holding simplify soul-winning seminars and teaching a dynamic word on personal evangelism, teaching in Bible schools and overseeing Carmel Bible College for two of those years. Their boys, Darren, who is 18, and Cody, who is 14, have been with them every step of the way. And in 2016, while living in Bristol, England, they added Ryder to the fam family adventure. And so is he here with, he's, he's with us tonight, Ed Ryder's here, isn't he? Where's he at? Preaching, preaching in kids' church? All right, cool. In the winter of 2017, the salaries re relocated to Rome Alps, uh, regions of France. And for the past five years, they've resided in Duvain, did I say that right? France, where by the grace of God, they planted the church, I can't say the word of it, but they got a church. I don't know how to say that because I don't remember Miss Lee's class from 1993. I'll let you say it when you get up here. I'll let you do it, brother. You need to do the phonetic spelling on this. You know, you really need to help a man out. Christian community in the, the city, Duvain, that they're in. Since spring of 2022, the first church has... That, that first church has been under a new pastorship and the, pastorship and the Sallies are ready and prepared for their next step. Many of the people in France live in villages and smaller towns. Unfortunately, many of these villages do not have any churches at all. The numbers gathered from there, uh, from one source, say that there are 36,000 villagers in, or villages in France and 33,000 of those villages do not have any gospel voice at all. So not only do they not shame their armpits, they also don't have a lot of church. Now, they have relocated to Holt Rhine region. The Sally, Sally family will continue to work in evangelism, outreach, and training believers. The heart is to continue to work in the villages where, where, with uh, French churches and ministers to help begin churches in the local French communities. The population of France has less than 1% Christians, and Lyon has 0.36 of that number. Muslims make up nearly 10% of the population of France currently. Some of the people consider themselves Catholic, even though they do not attend church. However, most are atheist or agnostic. I think that's what Joel is. He's agnostic. Many of the French people have never even heard of Adam and Eve, and never mind Jesus, and they have a complete ignorance of God in the Bible altogether. So you got your hands full. They don't even know Adam and Eve. They don't even know that one. Even though they may be small in number, the body of Christ is alive and growing in France. God is moving in churches and Bible schools all over the country, and the Sally family is excited to be a part of what God is doing in this nation. And Jesus said in Matthew 9, 35, 38, the harvest is truly great in France, but the laborers are few. Thanks for your prayers for the Sally, Sallys, and that God would raise up laborers in France to bring the tremendous harvest now with a refined vision to bring together 
their years of experience and equip believers with simplified resources. Brian and Kara are excited to see simplified ministries harvest many more harvesters in France and beyond in the years to come. Video. No, they're up. That, that, y'all are up. So I present to you, with no further ado, and no more words from Greg, Mr. and Mrs. Brian Sally. Y'all give it up for these ladies. Oh, just Kara. Well done. <laughs> That might be the most thorough introduction we've ever had. <laughs> I learned things about us I didn't know. <laughs> our, our wonderful assistant wrote that for our new website this past spring. Um, we're going to show a video that catches you up on us a little bit too. Pretty much share, shares what Greg just shared, but um, maybe even better. No, I mean, he maybe shared it even better than the video, is what I meant. Um, but let's watch it and see if we left anything out. This is Brian Carasalli coming to you today with some exciting news about Sally Ministries. Yes! As most of you know, we've recently celebrated 26 years in ministry, and last uh, 11 years ago, we would go from the English to the French. He said, now is the time for missions. Yeah, so we've now been on mission for 11 years. Six and a half of those in France. Just completed a church plant and handed it off to a local pastor in Dubain, France. Um, and as we began to step into this new season of ministry, the Lord really began to refine our mission and our vision for this next season of ministry. And it's really all about harvesting harvesters. Yeah, that's the, the, the mission that God gave us uh, several years ago is to harvest harvesters. Now, our mission is to help fulfill God's plan to bring in the harvest by using simplified resources that transform lives in France and beyond. Yes, and we're doing this through a variety of ways. Of course, you guys already know about our simplified soul winning evangelism tools, uh, the book, the workbook, the seminars that we're doing. We're going to continue to do that. We're also in the process of translating Simplify Soul Winning to, to French, and you can agree with us to get that completed in Jesus' name. Um, and we'll continue to travel and to do those as the Lord leads and, and open source. Another new thing that uh, the Lord's uh, led us to do this year is to, to start a podcast called A Simple Word. Uh, this is a place uh, for us to share an encouraging word to help equip you for harvest and transformation. Yeah, it's exciting new stuff that we're taking, and so we encourage you to tune into that podcast as they come out here in the next few months. Um, and then also we're doing, um, and continuing to do mentoring and training, teaching and preaching as the Lord opens doors, uh, both here in France and beyond, wherever we're traveling. So with this refined vision, you're going to see an updated and refined website, and <laughs> yes. an updated and refined name. Uh, Sally Ministries will now also be known as Simplify Ministries. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we've got a new website where you can find links to all of these resources, uh, how you can get involved with the ministry, how you can pray for us and partner together with us. Yeah. Or reach out to us if you'd like us to come in and, and do a soul winning seminar for you or come in and uh, minister for you, share the vision and talk to you about missions in France. Any of these things, you can, you can reach yeah. out to us for our, with our new website. Absolutely. And we just want to thank you again. As always, we like to thank all of our partners. Thank you so much for helping us, for praying uh, with us, for supporting us in all that we're doing here in France and beyond, and, and continuing to believe and agree with us to harvest more, more harvesters. Amen. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hallelujah. Okay. I think we're just going to take you on the road with us, Greg. 
I like your introduction better. Um, you're not done? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we've known them for a little while now. And um, I, just, I just put the dots together and realized I met Angel exactly 20 years ago when we came for his 10-year high school year reunion. And I won't ever forget meeting her sitting there at the football game. And she sat and visited to me like we had known each other forever. And I thought, you know, who includes you and makes you feel that welcomed, you know, when you're new somewhere? And she's always been that way. I love their heart. And um, anyway, we've always just really loved them very, very much and very grateful for your friendship. You guys are pretty awesome. Um, anywho, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a few more things about France couple things the Lord's put on my heart tonight, and then I'm going to pass it off to Brian, who I know has been preparing a great word for you um, on, on harvest, and I'm excited to hear it. I always, he's my favorite preacher, so, so we'll get to hear a word from him. But um, a couple things, just admin things. We keep our stuff out there so you guys can look at it when you leave. There's partner cards. Please take one. They allow you guys to, yes, you can partner with us, but you can also pray over us. We love um, having people who we know are back here supporting us in prayer. And I think it's probably the most value. You know, you know, being in missions like you have all these years, the most valuable thing that you can have when you're overseas is knowing that you have people who are upholding you back in the States and, and um, lifting you up. And there's so many times that we'll get uh, a message or a word from somebody at just the right time that they've been praying for us. And it is, and I, I can feel it. I know that they have been and, and they were right on because we needed it. And um, sometimes there's things, challenges you can't even discuss with people. They don't end up in the newsletter <laughs> because they don't make for pretty headlines, you know. But, um, you know, we try to be pretty real and, and transparent, but there's just some things you can't share and some things that have to do with government and your church members and all kinds of other things that you just, you can't share that stuff, right? So we need that prayer when we're over there and sometimes don't always have that, that support, um, but our prayer partners give it. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't know why I went off on that, but pray for us. Thank you. Um, so our books, we ordered a big shipment of them, and they were delayed, and none of them came in. So actually, they came in an hour and a half after we left this morning. <laughs> so we have one book back there, and I'm going to hold on to it. I'm actually not even going to sell it, but it's back there if you want to look at it. I have to have one to show people, right? It really does exist. Um, look, you want to go get it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but we like to give those to our partner churches for $5 each. It's a book on soul winning. We shared a little in the video about it. That book, and these guys will remember when we first set out to begin teaching on that material, and um, they were at our very first soul winning seminar ever, and um, so much fun. Um, I love to look back at that, and since then, we've done nearly 30 soul winning seminars. Um, we've done them in churches and in Bible schools. We've uh, developed a personal evangelism curriculum that we teach in Bible schools as well. And where have we taught it now? Swi Switzerland, France, England, and the States, right, to, to date. So anyway, um, and we continue to have opportunities. I think we'll be in Lebanon this spring teaching that. Uh, Egypt sometime this next year as well. Um, we're starting to go out into other French-speaking nations, and that's why those, those nations, you may not know it, but French is actually a lot of times they're one of their main languages. And so um, we'll be able to connect with people that are French-speaking in those nations that, that other people maybe can't. And so, um, anywho, God is so faithful, isn't he? 
Hallelujah. Pick up one of those for $5. We just, we'll ship them all here. So you can't pick one up. Sorry. Sign up. We'll ship them here. Okay. And uh, they'll be here within the next two weeks to you. And then I also wrote a book on emotional book, um, but it's just kind of a fun, but did, did you read, did I give you a copy of that? I'm putting you on the spot. Did you read it? <laughs> Um, no, it's, a, it's just a book that will encourage your faith, and it's a 31-day devotional, and so we offer those for $10 to our partners. They're normally, I think they're 18 online, so we just offer those at a discount to you if you'd like to get a hold of one of those. Hallelujah. We're believing for more partners. You guys have been faithful to partner with us for so long. Um, several people that are part of this church, your church itself has also partnered with us, and we're just so grateful for that. Um, in our travels, we're back for six months and one day to reset our visas. Visas are funny that way, but that's how, we ha- how long we have to be out of the country. So on December 14th, we will be at the visa office uh, applying again. But um, we, during this time, we are believing to double our partnership. So we came back, and we don't have any real special formula for you this time. We just said, you know what? We need double. That's really what the numbers add up to in order to be effective for the harvest. Amen? So our goal is not just to barely get by. Amen? But to be able to be a blessing when we're over there, to be able, we, we underwrite, you know, anytime we go in, we do a seminar, we do anything, we try to underwrite all the costs our ministry does. So we want to be able to do more and more of that. Amen? So that's what that goes to. You can agree with us for that. And um, I heard this this morning, and I just or this evening during worship. It's totally off of subject, but I'm going to share it, and then um, just share a couple of of um, testimonies from France, from the harvest in France. And then uh, are we good? Am I still good on time? Uh, who knows? Right? Praise the Lord. They're not walking out yet. Um, that I heard as we were worshiping, which I just love that worship. Thank you. Um, that uh, our sacrifice of praise, oftentimes, you know, it, it, when, we're, when we're praising like that and just thanking God and, and we're going through something, it can feel like a real sacrifice. Has anybody ever been there? You're thanking God, I've worshiped you for this before, you know? And I've, I've, I've been holding this up to you for how many years now and how many days, how many weeks, right? Some of us, anybody ever been there in your, and, and as I was worshiping, I was holding up so many things to the Lord, but I was also holding up all of those things that he has answered and just reminding myself and reminding him of his faithfulness to me. And he, he said to me, as you worship over those things that I've done for you, it's like, it's like it gives me opportunity to rain down on your crops, and if your prayers are, are crops in the ground, just go with me here for a moment. But if you've prayed some things, right, and you're waiting on them to come up, you're waiting on that harvest from those things that you've prayed. As you worship him and remind him of his faithfulness and remind him of all those times that he's come through for you again and again and again, and you see that time he healed you and you see that time that he came through for your kid, amen, and that time that he provided, your, your worship allows him to rain down on those prayers that you have right now. Amen? And there's a harvest that's coming up from that. So, so I just wanted to encourage you. We're not just, it's not just, oh, the sacrifice of praise. I'm going to do it. And maybe it's refreshing in this moment, but who knows what I'm doing this for. It's effective. It's working when you do that. There's, there's actually spiritual things happening on your behalf when you worship. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. I, maybe it was for me. I don't know. I just wanted to share it with you. Usually when he gives me something like that, 
and we are ministering, it's for the congregation. So maybe somebody here needed to hear that tonight. Amen. But, you know, in France, when we first got there, nearly everywhere they went, they gave us this phrase, difficile, uh, is, oh, sorry, say très difficile, they would say to us, everywhere we went. I mean, we would walk into Bible study on Wednesday night, or Thursday night, sorry, it was Thursday night Bible study, we would walk in, and our sweet prayer group that we were beginning our church with would say, oh, c'est très difficile, which just means it's very difficult, in case you're wondering, okay, right? Over and over, they would, well, they would share this with us. It was really encouraging. It's encouraging to show up to your church members and have them tell you how difficult it is to be there, right? Can you imagine if you walked through the doors and everybody's like, oh, so difficult, so difficult to do what you're doing. And, you know, and they would tell us how impossible it was to plant a church in France. That was really what they were saying. It's too hard. It's too hard to be here. I feel so sorry for you because we know how hard it is to plant a church in France, you know? And I wouldn't want to be doing what you're doing. That's really what they were saying and sometimes did. <laughs> and after a few months of this and, you know, just dealing with the discouragement from that, one day Brian walked down the stairs. We were staying in a bio farm, which is... a an all-organic hippie farm in France. This is where we lived for the first six months we were there. We loved it. And the people became our dear friends. Still love uh, Farmer Jean. He helped teach us French. Amen? And, um, but anyway, as we're, <clears throat> as we're staying there, Brian came down the stairs one morning and he said, yeah, difficult, but not impossible. And it's just like something rose up in both of us. And we said, yeah, I said, oui, difficile mais pas impossible which I knew like a hair more French than the rest of the family. I was, I was the one-eyed leading the blind when we first got there, and they've all way surpassed me now. But um, that became our catchphrase for the church. Difficile mais pas impossible, which just means difficult but not impossible. It still to this day is the, the phrase that they, the, they use for the, the church. Difficult but not impossible. And we saw God come through time and again over the next six and a half years of us being there and watched his faithfulness. Um, they told us, you know, you'll be lucky if you get one person born again in 20 years in the countryside in France. That was from a missionary who was coming off the field and had been there for 20 years, right? So he's like pretty experienced, you know, and he had planted a church and he's like, you'll be doing good if you get one family born again. And we're like, I, I don't really want to receive that, but I hear you. You know, you're trying to listen to wisdom, and but we're believing for a lot more. But I don't know. We don't have numbers because we're not real numbers people. But we saw dozens come to the Lord during our time there. And, and that was just through putting some of these principles into practice. It didn't happen the same way it happens here. We did a lot of table ministry. It took time, a lot of relational evangelism, because you have to break down those walls and those barriers and answer a lot of questions when you're dealing with somebody who's an atheist or who thinks you're in a cult. Amen. So, um, but God supernaturally led us. One day, Brian was standing up in the, <clears throat> looking down, we were on the second floor in the window of our church, and he had been witnessing to the translator's friend, and remind me his name, honey, it was Alex's friend, Isaac. And he said, oh, and he's on the phone with me, and he said, oh, Isaac's down there on the street. And I said, that's a divine appointment, go. And I hung up the phone with him so he could go down there and he ran down onto the street and he was able to lead Isaac to the Lord that day. And so we have so many other stories like that where we were able to share the love of God with people, where we were able to, some of them we were able to harvest and see them come in. Um, even up until the end, right as we were leaving, one of the, was it the final Bible study that 
Jean-Daniel's Jean son, Baptiste. So Baptiste had been very skeptical, atheist, did not believe in God, came like two or three times with his dad because his dad was praying for him and really wanted him to come to church. And um, he would sit there and scowl at Brian when he ministered, and he would, <coughs> <laughs> which is just, the French are very visual, and they, they interact with you, you know. It's fun. And so, <laughs> and then, um, and he even, he like stormed out at the end of a service one time. So we're, you know, but we're believing for his salvation. We've been praying for him with Jean Daniel, his dad, for six years. And the last Bible study that we were there, handing the handing it off to the pastor, um, he had already taken over as the new pastor. But we were still helping him with the Bible studies until we left town. And um, Baptiste came to that, and the pastor and I sat there across the table and shared about the love of God with him and prayed a salvation prayer with him right there. And then he got filled with the Holy Spirit before the Bible study was over, didn't he? And so, you know, so we saw many, many testimonies, and it was difficult, but it was not impossible. Amen? So that's all I have. Good? Okay. All right. So excited to be here in Minden, Louisiana. Closest thing I have to a hometown. Actually, I ain't from nowhere. I was born in Mansfield, raised in Ringgold, went to high school in Minden, and been moving ever since. So, uh, but I guess you guys can understand me. Um, I was disappointed, you know, this is my 30-year high school reunion. Greg and I graduated back in 93, and I was, uh, you know, I speak French now, so I was all excited. I called the school, and I was like, hey, you don't want me to come in and speak to the French class? And they're like, we don't have one anymore. I was like, well, great. I took two weeks of French in high school and didn't think I needed it, so I dropped it. So I wanted to come in now and show off my French, but uh, that's not going to happen. So anyway, looking forward to it anyway. Why don't you, no, I don't speak no Spanish. Uh, I spoke a little bit back when I worked at, uh, down in Alabama, but uh, not uh, my French is much better. So anyway, why don't y'all stand up? Let's pray, and we'll get into the Word tonight. I trust that tonight's a divine appointment for you, that God's got something for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Th Father, we just thank you tonight. What a privilege it is to gather together on a Wednesday night and be here together with our brothers and sisters in Christ here in Minden. And Father, we thank you as we come to your word. We come expecting, we come believing that you're going you're gonna to bring clarity. I heard that word today as I prayed in tongues driving down here, Father. I heard that word clarity. You're going to bring clarity to some people tonight, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that you're making our way bright. That you're showing us that each and every one of us have a plan. That you purposed each and every one of us, Father, in the name of Jesus. And that you didn't bring us out of the world just to save us from hell, but that you have a plan for our lives. And I thank you, Father God, as we learn to tap into that plan. As we learn to walk in your ways, as we learn to walk in your word, Father, we'll be able to lay aside stuff that holds us back and we'll be able to run our race. We'll be able to fulfill the mission that you have for all of us, Father. And I thank you for that tonight. I thank you. As I speak tonight, I thank you that you know, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. I thank you, Father. We just place a demand upon the anointing, upon the word. We thank you that the Holy Ghost is bringing revelation. Thank you, Lord God, tonight, Father, for opening our eyes that we'd see wondrous things from your law, our ears that we would hear what your word would say unto us, Lord. Give us wisdom, understanding, and revelation from your word tonight, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. You can be seated there. <clears throat> 
couple things as uh, Kara was sharing with you a while ago, you know, she said we're, we're looking to double our partnership, but if you don't know how many partners we need, that doesn't really do anything for you. So we've got 100, we need 100 more. Uh, we've got 100,000 in support, we need 100 more thousand uh, in support. So if uh, one of you want to write a check tonight for 100,000, I'd make it all uh, rest of my year easier. Uh, but uh, but now we say for as little as $10 a month, you can help feed hungry children in France. Mine, I have three boys and they eat a lot. And... Uh, and you can clothe hungry kids in France as well because they keep growing and I keep having to buy them new clothes. I said, I just bought you some clothes. But anyway, uh, go to, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look at a couple scriptures here quickly tonight as, as Greg was reading our bio. Uh, I, uh, he talked about April 19th, 1993. I was living here in Minden, across the street from the high school. The house that I lived in is not even there anymore. They bulldozed it and put in a parking lot over there. It was not paradise, but they did put in a parking lot. Um, but that night I cried out to God and in an instant he filled me with the Holy Ghost, drove all of the junk out of my life and transformed my life in an instant. I went to school on Monday one way, went to school on Tuesday another way, totally changed. Uh, thank God for that time. And that night, uh, as I got my Bible out and got Matthew out and began to read in here, I got here to Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. Here, Matthew 9, 35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then, then he says to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he would send out laborers into his harvest. What I talk to you tonight about is three words. Mission, position, and condition. You and I all have the same mission as believers in Christ. Harvest. Three times Jesus says this phrase, harvest is plentiful. He said it the first time in, over in John chapter 4. We're not going to turn there. But John chapter 4, Jesus is on his way from one place to another, and he has to go through Shikar. And while he's there, he has an encounter with a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman at the well. And winds up having a two-day revival in this town and revealing himself very plainly as Christ to, this, to this, this Samaritan town. And in that moment, he says, when his disciples came and they saw him sharing and revealing himself to this town, he said, they said, hey, lift up your eyes. He said, it is true that one sows and another reaps, but I'm sending you to reap. He said, harvest is plentiful. The second time is here in Matthew chapter 9. He makes a statement again. He says, harvest is plentiful. That night when I read that, I, I heard the Spirit of God speak to me. And he said, Brian, that's your life. As a 17-year-old, he said, that's your life. He said, you'll never live a normal Christian life. Now, at that moment, I didn't know what that meant. Now, after 30 years, I got a little bit of an idea. But it wasn't until years later when I got ready to teach from this passage that I read Matthew chapter 10 and realized that Matthew chapter 10 starts with an and. Now, I did so good at the, at the subject of grammar in high school that the state of Louisiana requested that I come back one year over the summer to just show the other students what a good student looked like. I was kind of the model. You know, No, I failed English, which made it really difficult to learn French because I didn't know the terms in, in English when they were giving them to me in French. But anyway, I know enough to know that, a, that and is a conjunction, joins two things together, right? So, so I read this. Now I'm going to read it to you from the message translation. A version, Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 in the message says, The prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out evil spirits and to tenderly care for the hurt and bruised lives. Skip down to verse 5. 
says, Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. Don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy, but go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You've been treated generously, so live generously. So here Jesus says this. He says, hey, there's a great need. Harvest is plentiful wherever we are. And just, I'll give you this too, Luke chapter 10. We're not going to turn there. We don't have time tonight. But Luke chapter 10 is the third time Jesus makes this same statement. He says, harvest is plentiful. Harvest, using an analogy, a farming analogy. But he says, one part of it is plentiful. Not plowing, planting, watering, weeding, or anything else. Harvest is plentiful. Why am I saying this? Harvest is our mission. Amen? When, when, when Kara saw Isaac and she said, that's a divine appointment, I wasn't going out there to plow or to weed or to water or to do anything else. I went out there to get him born again, to harvest him. Why? Because he was going to hell. Didn't need to. Amen? So see, that's, it's important for us to know our mission because that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's, we're supposed to be bringing in the harvest. Amen? Doing whatever we can to bring that in. All right, so harvest is the mission. Now, our position, we can look up here and we can see our position. We're chosen, we're healed, we're redeemed, we're complete, we're forgiven, we're loved, we're delivered, we're worthy, we're secure, we're born again, we're righteous, filled with the Holy Ghost. That's our position. We can't change our position. But that third word there, that's what we're going to talk about is our condition. Our condition. Condition can change. You know, conditioning. How many of you guys played football? You played high school football? I played a little bit. We weren't very good. But anyway, um, Conditioning was my least favorite time of, of football. I hated football. Conditioning meant you're going you're gonna to run until the coach gets tired of blowing the whistle. That's pretty much what conditioning was back then. So we had to do something about our condition. The Lord said it to me like this. He said, imagine if, you know, I, I like to run. Now I like to run. Now I like conditioning. Although I don't run and hit my belly like we used to in football. But uh, now I like to run. But imagine if, uh, as a 48-year-old, if I woke up tomorrow, I hadn't run since I was 17, and said, you know what, I'm going to go run a marathon. Well, if you're smart, the first thing you do is you go to the doctor. And you find out, hey, am I in the right position to do this? You go to the doctor and make sure your heart's not going to explode if you try to run 26 miles. The doctor says, hey, you're good, you can go. So now you've got a mission, now you've got a position, but the next thing you've got to work on is the condition. Because you don't just get up one day and say, hey, I think I'm going to go out and run 26.2 miles. I've run a bunch of miles, and I haven't run that many yet. Longest I've run in one time was 14 miles, and that's because I plotted my course wrong, and I got to 12, which is what I was supposed to run, and I was still two miles from my motorcycle. <laughs> so guess what? Ain't nobody coming to get me in the countryside of France, so I got to get myself there. So guess what? 14 miles, longest I've run so far. But to, see, to get there, you've got to get in the right condition. You've got to run. You've got to exercise. You've got to take care. There's things that you have to do to get yourself in the right condition, all right? So see, we've got, we've got the mission, we've got the position. Now, position can't do anything about. I cannot change the fact that I'm chosen, I'm redeemed, I'm healed, I, I'm forgiven. I, I can't change that. That doesn't change, right? Now, it's my position, though. It, it's my condition. The condition changes. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. You know, three years ago, we had... Uh, We'd been in ministry for 23 years. We'd been missionaries for eight years. I was doing what I dreamed of doing. You know, as a kid growing up out here, I grew up on, uh, used to be on Highway 7. I think it's, what, 371 or something now that goes from here to Cachada. 
I grew up out there just inside the Red River Parish line, and I used to read encyclopedias. Anybody remember encyclopedias, you know? I read about traveling the world. All I wanted to do was be able to travel and live somewhere other than Ringgold, Louisiana, you know? And uh, now I have. And so here, you know, three years ago, I had, I had traveled the world. I had lived on the beach, which is another, another one of my dreams. I had learned another language, was living in another land, was living in now my, my third country that I'd lived in. But I was unhappy. I was just unhappy. I was depressed, to be honest with you. I did not want to be in ministry anymore. I didn't want to be doing what we were doing anymore. I was so frustrated. I was dealing with so much junk that some of it I had been dealing with for years and years and years, and it tried all kind of stuff to get free of this stuff. I mean, just, again, dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety. When we stepped out as missionaries, anxiety like a person just felt like it jumped on me and was with me all the time. Every time we'd have to go do something with the government or go apply for something, like she said, in a few months we'll apply for our visas again. Man, just anxiety just was constant. To the point that, you know, when I'd be out on a run, the whole time when I would be out running for an hour or two hours, I would fight thoughts. I'd just have thoughts just bombarding me constantly. Now, during this time, you know, over all the years, I'd listen to people say, hey, you need, when that happens, you need to worship. So I'd worshiped. Or they say, you need to pray in tongues. So I prayed in tongues. Or you need to fast. So I fasted. Uh, you need to read this book. I read that book. I did all of this, and nothing helped. 23 years I'd been in ministry. And I just, I, I was done. I was tired of it. I was done with it. But during COVID, Lord God, we, when COVID hit over in France, we said, Lord, what do we do? Because we went to Bible school, but I don't remember them telling us what to do if the world loses its ever-loving minds. And the Lord says, stay. So we said, all right, I don't think this is a good idea, but we'll do it. And so we stayed. Our first lockdown, guys, we could only go eight-tenths of a mile outside of our front door. Thank God we were out in the country because we'd have been in Paris, I'd have killed somebody. <laughs> but we're out in the country, and so... During this time, we kind of shook some things up. You know, we said, hey, we got nothing else to do. Why don't we try to raise some crops? You know, so we, our, our little apartment, we, uh, we killed some radishes. We killed some lettuce. And I think we killed some cucumbers or something else. We learned we're not farmers, all right? We're not growing nothing. Okay. Um, but during this time, I, I just, again, I was frustrated. I was dealing with all this, you know, all this junk, all this anxiety. I was, I was trying to get rid of all this. Didn't know what was going to happen with all of this COVID junk and didn't know if we were going to be able to stay on the mission field. And I just, I had a point where I was like, Lord, I just want some more of you in my life. Again, I'm, I'm fasting. I'm living in America. I mean, I'm not living in America. When you live in France, you fast tacos every day of your life. I don't get tacos. I don't get Dairy Queen. I don't get, bron I mean, I don't get any, any of the, you know, the, the, the nice food that you guys have over here. I have none of that. And so uh, Johnny's Pizza, I know Johnny's Pizza in, in France. So I was like, Lord, this is what I'm going to fast during this time. I'm going to fast fiction. I like to read fiction books, right? I like to read, and so I just started fasting fiction, and I said, this is what I'm going to do. Anytime, instead of reading fiction, I'm just going to read my Bible. Now, I had been doing it, you know, at this time, I've been doing my normal devotionals. I had, you know, I've been hearing stuff from God. I've been doing things, but uh, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to read the Word. So I started reading back there in the story of David. I love to read about David and the kings and read about the, I don't like it when he sinned, but anyway, every time I'm cheering for a different result, you know what I'm saying? I've read it through lots of times, and I'm like, come on, David, go fight. Don't go look at the woman while she's taking a bath. Anyway, and so... So I started reading extra of the word, and I, and I started reading, I, at the, you know, when I first started, I was reading maybe six or seven extra chapters of the, day, of, of the word a day, on top of, you know, the one or two maybe chapters I was reading, and, and I was still praying in tongues, doing the other stuff I was doing. About three weeks went by, just reading an extra six or seven chapters in the word, and all of a sudden I was out for a run. Never forget it. I was out running through a vineyard out in, in uh, right outside our town, 
I ran for 45 minutes, and all of a sudden, for 45 minutes, I haven't had a single anxious thought. I haven't had a single feeling of depression. 45 minutes. Now, prior to this, guys, three weeks, prior to this, I, if I'd have been running for 45 minutes, I'd have been casting, binding, loosening, doing everything else I'd heard every other preacher say that never worked, but I'd have been doing it anyway. And I said, what's changed? The way I've described it is kind of like, imagine if you have a jackhammer outside your house or outside your bedroom window uh, or your office for 40 years. Some of this stuff, guys, I've been dealing with for over 40 years. And all of a sudden, that stopped one day. It'd take you a little bit to figure out what's going on. What's different? What's changed? And I went, what has changed? I'm beginning to have freedom and peace like I've never had, like I've dreamed of having. And I said, Lord, what, what, what's changed? I said, the only thing I've done any different is I've read more of the Word. And I said, are you telling me all I had to do was read more of the Bible? And he said, yeah. And I was like, Lord, you've got to be kidding me. So look here, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is that is good and acceptable and perfect. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you've put off... You put off concerning the former conversations, the old man, which is being corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What we see here with both of these scriptures is we see the Apostle Paul's telling us to lay aside some negative things and to put on some positive things, some new things. Lay off the old, put on the new, but in the middle of that, we've got mind renewal. We've got renewing our minds. So let's go over to James chapter 1. Let's look, I'm going to show you four real quick. I promise you, real quick. Greg said, I've got to be done by 7.30 in the morning. I said, 7.30 in the morning, I'll be sleeping, you know. James chapter 1. Like my friend says, I'll talk fast if you can listen fast. James 1.21. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So again, the same thing. When we're renewing our mind, we're saving or restoring. That's really what that word there means. Not talking about saving as, as uh, talking about our eternal salvation, but saving and restoring. You know, we're staying at those little, uh, those little uh, apartments. They turn into, turn into a hotel right at the end, the bottom of the, the road coming out of Menden High. See, that was, those buildings were condemned, but now they've been, what? Restored. See, Paul's telling, Peter's telling, look over here, Peter, Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. See the same thing again. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. See, these, these writers, they're telling us, hey guys, there's a process that us as Christians, there's something we've got to do about our condition on purpose. So as I began to do this, as I began to see this, I began to increase my word intake and I began to watch as things that I had fought for years and years and years and years and done everything I could to defeat these things and couldn't defeat them, I began to watch them just drop. It's kind of like that Star Wars episode. You remember the one where Anakin, the, babe, the, the young Anakin, he goes, before he turns evil, you know, uh, he, runs up, he goes up and he takes out the mothership that controls all of the droids that the Gungans are fighting. Y'all remember that one? And all those droids were still there. And at the moment, right before Anakin does this, before he takes away the power, they had been losing the battle. The Gungans lost. They were giving up. And that's where I was three years ago. I was about ready to give up. 
I didn't want to do this anymore because I tried everything. And when I began to see these things, as I increased my word intake, I began to see that I didn't have to fight. The easiest fight to win is the one you don't even have to throw a punch. Does that make sense? I began to see I don't even have to fight this stuff. But I had tears in my eyes. I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, are you kidding me? Are you telling me it was really this simple? And he said, yes. And I said, but Lord, I had fasted. I had prayed. I had worshiped. I had done all these other things. And he said it to me this way. He said, Brian, he said, you were trying to do with other spiritual things what only mind renewal will do. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? And he said it to me like this. I like to watch those survival shows, you know. If you watch those survival shows where they take a guy or they take a woman, they just drop him off out in the middle of nowhere with a pocket knife and a, you know, a water bottle, you know, and, and they got to live for like a week or whatever. Well, when you watch those shows, you learn that all human beings, no matter our culture, no matter what, we're, what language we speak, we have four basic needs that have to be met, no matter where we're at in the world, all right? The first one is TV. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the first one is the phone. No, that's not it either. All right. The first one is oxygen. Take oxygen away, we're dead in moments. The second is water. We take water away, depending on how, you know, where we're at and the conditions, we're dead within days or, or maybe a week or so. The third is food. We can live longer without food. But the fourth is protection from the elements. What do I mean? You know, here it's hot this week. But if I dress like this and I go up on Mont Blanc, the highest point in Europe during a snowstorm, guess what, guys? I'll be dead in hours. See, protection. We've got to have protection from the elements. And the Lord said, you can't substitute one for the other. These things don't happen by worship. They don't happen by laying on the hands. I wish they did. I had my hands laid on a bunch of times. I had a lot more hair before people laid hands on me. So I had hands laid on. None of, none of that did this. But why? Because it didn't, it only does, it doesn't do what mind renewal only will do. And it's just like, you know, if, if they suck all the, the oxygen out of this room, there's oxygen in this water, but I, you and I can't get to it. Does that make sense? And it's the same way. We can do everything else. We can come to church every day. We can sing every day. We can pray every day and tithe every day, but if we're not spending time in this word, we're not renewing our mind, we're going to fight, and the way the Lord said it to me was this, unnecessary battles and carry unnecessary burdens. And during worship, I, I just heard the Spirit of God just crying out saying, my people are fighting unnecessary battles and carrying unnecessary burdens. So that song said earlier, said you can't fail. He can't fail, but guess what? I was failing. Because I was failing to do this. Because I was failing to enact these things. Because I was failing to renew my mind with the Word of God. As I began to do these things, I did a little research and I found a Bible reading system. I forgot to print them and I don't have them for you tonight, but there's a real simple Bible reading system called Professor Grant Horner. You can look it up. It's a little simple PDF. You can look it up and find it online where you read from 10 different places in the Bible. When I began to do this, not only all of the battles that I fought for years just quit. I found when I read eight to ten chapters a day, which the average chapter takes four minutes. All right, so if I'm reading ten chapters, that takes 40 minutes. That's one episode of Swamp People. I mean, come on. I've never watched an episode of Swamp People that changed my life, but I promise you guys, spending the last three years taking in this much of the Word and then taking in extra when I need extra. And, and I, I, if I had time, I could explain some more of these things to you. I don't have time. You can look it up on the podcast. But, uh, but I'm here to tell you tonight, if you'll begin to do this, if you'll begin to take the Word, just take it. It's not studying. It's not praying. It's just taking in the Word. You'll begin to do this. You'll see stuff in your life that, here's the thing, you'll see stuff in your life that you've fought, that you've wanted, you've had prayer, and nothing else has worked. You'll see it diminish, and then you'll see clearly your mission, and you'll be able to run after it, because I'm running after the mission of God for my life. We're running after the mission. Our mission is to harvest harvesters in America and in France, and we're doing that now more clearly than I've ever done it in my life. Amen? 
Amen. My time is up. I don't have anything else. I don't have any more time, but I do have something I want to do tonight. Uh, I want to pray for y'all's pastors. I just, the Lord laid this on my heart tonight. Uh, Ginger, Angel, and uh, Greg, can y'all come up here? And I just, I want to encourage you guys. We're going to pray. Karen and I are going to pray for them. I just, my heart went out to them. You know, Ginger, her husband's in the mission field. He's always going off on the mission field, uh, running over there every chance he gets. And so she's staying here, filling extra shoes, wearing extra hats. Greg and Angel, they both work. They work secular jobs as a, as a, uh, in addition to pastoring. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I've been ministry 26 years. This is what I've done with my adult life. That's not easy. It's extremely difficult. And I think, Ginger, you're, you're still working as well, aren't you, a teacher? She retired. But that was recent, though, wasn't it? All right? So, again, that's not easy. Right? That's not easy. So what am I saying? Every time Paul flies out, y'all need to be praying extra for Ginger. Amen? Anytime the devil comes knocking on your door, guess what? He's banging on their doors. Let me just tell you that right now. Y'all need to be praying for them. You need to be lifting them up. Amen? So everybody stand up and just stretch your hands toward them. We're just going to pray for them. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we just lift up these precious pastors to you right now, Father. We lift up this team, Father.